Once upon a time, there were millions of businesses struggling. Every day they wasted time, effort and energy on repetitive tasks that added no value. One day, the Better Automation podcast came to help them find a way. Because of this, these businesses save time, reduce costs, innovate and make better decisions. Because of that, these businesses grow, scale, and use human creativity to change this world. Hello, my name is Aziz and I'm your host at Better Automation Podcast by Processio, where I interview the world's top experts and share their very, very best ideas on how to improve automation in your business processes and life. My guest today is Greg Smith. Greg was previously a head of customer operations and the employee number two at GoFundMe. In addition to advising, he is the owner at Wheelhouse Solutions. Greg operates at the convergence of BizOps and NoCode, where he helps startups save time and money by optimizing their people processes and technology. When he is not automating and optimizing business processes, Greg spends time with his kids, travels, plays golf and guitar, and enjoys life in Encinitas Beach, California. Greg, how are you today? I'm doing great, Aziz. Thanks for having me. It's my honor. It's my privilege. It's going to be a wonderful experience, I am sure, because I feel the vibe. And... (laughs) I want people to benefit. I want everybody who's listening to think, wow, this is like a floodgate of uh, value that opened up. So when it comes to business ops and to automation, let's say someone has a different background, but they're put in a position or nowadays they need to, uh, you know, optimize their business processes. They need to uh, automate more and all that. How did you come to understand the value of it? Do you have examples that let you know and think, wow, life would have been different if I didn't have access to these tools or these thought processes or mapping the process on a whiteboard or whatever? Like share something that really can give the people that understanding, importance and value that you see in automation and biz ops uh, thinking. Sure, sure. Well, thank you for the, the lovely intro. Um, I, I appreciate it. And um, so I think a lot of biz ops in general or, or automation, this whole world still just stems from business outcomes, right? We get excited about the technology and what we can do and the extensibility of this stuff. But I still think it goes back to what is the outcome that we're trying to get to. And now we just have different tools. So I think the evolution of the tools have also evolved uh, every role within an organization, right? And so um, in my approach, I I guess to kind of back up and go to 30,000 foot view, I think the greatest sentence a founder or a team um, leader can hear is, never mind, I figured it out. And um, the tools like the Zapiers or the Airtables or any of these automation tools give people the ability to do a lot more without the need for development resources. And so 
when you're working in an, in I mean any early stage any size company really there's still business outcomes and needles and KPIs that you're trying to hit. Uh, these tools make that possible, and I think some of the biggest um, opportunities in this world isn't necessarily these massive automation or high tech you know um, processes, but more. Um, people that simply just don't know what's possible, even more tech timid in industries I've worked with, uh, construction and uh, interior design and, and things like that, where uh, these people know the hell out of their business and they know how to build a house or they know how to, um, you know, work as a plumber or carpenter or any of the, these other types of industries. The tools that are available now um can revolutionize how those those industries operate and how those businesses operate. The problem is technology is really scary and um, and they simply just don't know what's possible. So it, if it seems like technology, it seems like, okay, we need to hire a, a software engineer. We need to build these things and try and, and try and automate some of the mundane, but um, really it, it couldn't be simpler. They just simply don't know what's possible and how simple it can be to do these things. Um, an example, one of the examples I'll give you is one of my clients owned a, uh, a retail shoe store in Arizona. And during COVID, when the, at the start of the pandemic, um, he had to shut down his business. And so he had all this inventory and it was a, a franchise. And so I was able to quickly spin up a Shopify website and get him selling online um, so he could sell the inventory that he had. Uh, but also the franchise had a warehouse full of inventory as well. That's just kind of sitting there. And so the opportunity was how do we build the website um, for a fairly tech timid, it was a, a shoe franchise retailer, um, but we needed to somehow sync what was in the inventory at headquarters with the inventory that was in his, um, his store, his retail store in Arizona and have that run real time. And it's funny because some of my most complex <laughs> automations and processes are around a shoe retailer um, versus some of the more high tech companies that I've, that I've worked with. And so it's just, it's interesting how we've been able to leverage tools like Zapier and find some very niche tools in the e-commerce space um, to go out there and, and figure out a way uh, to keep the inventory synced what was happening is uh he can also sell on amazon but when he was selling on amazon it wasn't pinging the the warehouse database so he was selling shoes that weren't actually in stock um we just recently in the last couple of weeks figured that out using Airtable and and all these automations and notifications and stuff and you know these last few days he's been sending me text messages just kind of celebrating we didn't do any refunds this week or we didn't have to cancel any orders because we didn't have the thing in stock. So just things like that, are, are, you know, really drive me in my day-to-day -day business too. I love seeing people realize uh, the potential of their business using some of these tools. Thank you. And I want to stress that it's not optional to do this anymore. It's a jungle out there and every little competitive advantage you can have makes a difference. I know you were speaking about it. Someone might listen and say, well, the way you've been doing it so far has been working all right. And yes, of course, what I need is to sell more, not to think about biz ops and not to automate or even, you know, to me, it's just the time you take to automate or to think about your biz ops, you can find inefficiencies, you find ways to improve that make the whole difference. What's your perspective on this? 
Um, it does come down to the uh, your outcomes. It does it does come down to the KPIs. The way that I approach any of my the the companies that I work with, I say it's people, process, capital T H E N, then technology. Because at the end of the day, it's still we need to figure out what we're driving towards, right? And there is such thing. Um, like the two things that I caution to, there is such thing as over automation where you've automated so much for the sake of automation that you're not actually feeling the pain. And I think pain is a really important thing in business. I think pain is something that, um, helps you gauge the severity of what's going on. You know, if, if you've automated, um, you know, an error report on a, on a website or on a product and you've, you've made it just, you know, automatic, for example, automatically go straight to your, your spam or, or because you're, you're annoyed with the, uh, with the notifications, it's telling you that there's a huge indicator that something's wrong with your business. And so, you know, I've had scenarios where I've gone into clients where there's, you know, they've automated so much that we're looking at certain things like do we know that there's you know 10 notifications a day or do are we even getting a notification when the site's down or when um you know when there hasn't been a sale in three hours you know i'll tell you a story early on at at gofundme one of the first uh few months i was there uh somebody was having an issue i was running customer service and somebody was having an issue with their um, unsubscribe. They were trying to unsubscribe from notification emails and I was testing it. I said, no, it seems to be working fine. And I came back from lunch and we had no tickets. And at that time there was really high volume, like, you know, 1500 tickets a day. And so we came back and we were like, Oh, look at that. We, uh, we, we perfected the product there. Nobody reached out for, for any sort of support help. And it's like, no, it turns out I, I unsubscribed from my job. I unsubscribed from support at gofundme.com and none of the emails were showing up. So we turned that back on and a flood of notifications all came back in. And so there is such thing when, when I look at uh, approaches to, to any type of business operations, um, you want that right mix of pain and notification and it, ways. So you're not over automating, right. And the, the, um, the attraction to, to wanting to do that because as, as business operators and as somebody who has these really powerful tools that we may not have had previously, um, it's such a fun thing to do, to build. And I, you know, I can take that a step further and I can automate this piece of it and then it can send a, you know, you know, send a notification or it can automatically, um, send an email out to a, a customer based on exactly what they bought. But it's a lot of that times, especially early on, I work with a lot of early stage startups. Um, you need to feel that pain. You need to see those. Uh, and maybe it's not pain, but you need to, you need those indicators to help you gauge what's actually happening in your business. Thank you. So if I understood you correctly, we have to, in every business, notice the symptoms of pain or the pain points and automate in order to fix them rather than what happens. And I love productivity, so I was involved in that niche a lot as someone learning and people spend more time optimizing their systems than using them. It was one of the gripes. So it's like people who love efficiency, they will over automate as you said for the sake of it you know efficiency for the sake of efficiency rather than not and okay let's get very practical imagine someone 
wants, let's say, to hire an automation expert, they explain to them what should they be aware of, how can they evaluate the person, and very importantly, how would you approach an automation project in order to decide on the right KPIs rather than on vanity metrics in order to understand what should be automated and what is wasted, um, like process and energy and resources. Tell me more when it comes to a project. Someone wants to understand how things go, how things work, and how to choose the right person. Sure. Um, you know, I think you hit, you touched on some of it where um, it, it is those, those KPIs. I've had, it, it's a lot of the same vein. It's what are, I think when I start with the person, you understand the skill sets that you have within your business, right? And so if Aziz is a salesperson and he's spending 45% of his day selling because he's spending you know, the other, the other 65, um, in Salesforce updating records, we need him spending as close to a hundred percent of his time doing that. Right. And so what are, you know, when you approach how you're going to do that, you need to really understand the person and what they do well, right? A marketing person versus a salesperson versus an operations person. How do you maximize their time doing the thing that they're paid to do versus how much time are they fumbling around in software updating records and how much of that stuff is really important and so again i go back to the the people and then the process what are the what are the outcomes and what are the um the kpis that we're trying to hit here and is it possible for aziz to hit his goals in the time allotted during a week or month or a day right like can he can he do that? Um, and and if all signs point to yes, he can. Um, but he's spending too much of this other other time, you know, in some of the mundane. That's really where we start. It's like the low hanging fruit, um, you know, automatic emails that that go out. Um, starting there, right? Like, what are the things that do consume that other piece where you feel like you're wasting time or you're doing more of the the mundane. Um, updating records, data entry, things like that. It's, you need to, you need to look at the person first and what their skill set is and understand, um, how do we maximize that person's time to be doing those things? I, that's really how I, how I approach it. Um, it's never, I try and stay fairly software agnostic. And I think when I go into a business, all this automating consulting and no code, like nobody types in no code, right? They're still just like, I'm trying to reduce, increase my efficiency or uh, reduce my expenses. It's still that. So it's still just business consultant consulting. Um, But at the end of the day, uh, we have better tools and we've learned more to be able to do a lot more with that. But I still think it comes back to getting the most out of the person. And so these tools help supercharge the person to do the job that they're hired for. It reminds me of there is a cognitive bias, which is a complexity bias that human beings trust or believe or feel that the more complex a system is or an automation, the better quality it is, that simplicity is childish and useless. While deep thinkers, you know, whether Einstein or others will say that 
simplicity is the highest form of uh, sophistication or things should be as simple as possible uh, but no simpler or uh, Occam's razor and all that stuff. Do you agree with this? Because some people, and I heard a business person who was quite well known saying that complexity is my competitive advantage. My system is so complicated that competitors cannot replicate it and therefore I'm safe. While others will say if it's too complicated, nobody understands what's going on and uh, too much time is wasted. How do you approach this? Do you believe that things should be so simple that could be like diagrammed on the back of a napkin or are you in the middle or do you believe complexity is cool or tell me more about this yeah um yeah i i there's a spectrum right and i think it depends on what you're talking about if you're talking about a product then complexity is a moat and a differentiation in, in a product or in a business right and so complexity could be a great thing because it's something that was really hard and it's not very easy to to replicate when I'm doing um, on a on a product side, I believe that 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 is true, and that's great. You know, the the greatest algorithms and the you know a lot of work and thoughtfulness has gone into it. On the process side, I think simplicity is um, is the way that you want it. Is the way that I approach it anyway. And a lot of times, it's not even the the technical complexity. It's the, you know, asking why five times and it's people doing things that they've been told to. We're surrounded by so much content and so many different ways to do marketing and so many different, if you've spent any, any time in the, in the business Twitter world, um, you know, you know, the, the top five ways and the top seven ways and the top 10 ways to do every, every aspect of every job, the, the, at the end of the day, I think it becomes, um, the action and the action you take on those things and kind of picking a lane and doing it. But I think in, in the business process world, um, simplicity is, is the way, but I, you know, I have some very complex automations and things that have to happen that way, but I'm constantly looking at them and saying every bit of complexity in my business processes is a potential for, um, error, right. And is a potential for things to fail. Um, and so I'm trying to remove steps or can I consolidate a technology and can I consolidate, um, my software, uh, and, and certain steps in order to, to reduce the amount of, of friction or reduce the amount of, of potential for error along the way. And so I, yeah, I think, I think it goes, I think good. I, I'm. I'm blown away by complex automations and systems. I think it's awesome. And I've worked, you know, I've, I've done uh, the no code fellowships and the, the on deck stuff. And there's just some brilliant people in there doing some amazing things. Um, and as operators and automators, we can be impressed and, and flex our muscles on the things that we've done. But at the end of the day, the client doesn't really care. And they just need the thing to work, right? Like my 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 shoe store guy, you know, he the more complexity scares him. He goes, I, I don't understand it. I can't wrap my head around it. And, and to be honest with you, it scares me. I'm just hang with me here, you know. And so all I'm doing is trying to reduce that complexity. It reminds me of those, you know, ad agencies that win awards for creativity rather than effectiveness and sales, and therefore like you said, the clients or the businesses, what they care about is increasing sales, not how beautiful and futuristic and 
the constructivist dad is, which is what the creative awards are usually given for. And also it reminds me of the theory of constraint, which is a methodology in finding, you know, bottlenecks in systems and that at its purest form, when you make a system totally efficient, the bottleneck becomes in your mind and the assumptions made. And too many people are living in a world where there are assumptions that are the bottlenecks that are destroying their ops and their businesses or reducing the KPI um, reaching and no amount of automation. Of course, automation is important, but no amount of automation will fix uh, the wrong premise or the wrong assumption. How do you think business people can go about um, testing their assumptions or uh, finding contrary uh, assumptions that will open new ways of thinking, open new perspectives that allow them to become truly more effective and efficient. Yeah, and I like the word you used. I like constraints. I think constraints are a big, a big piece of this. Um, GoFundMe, we um, we were bootstrapped, and so you know every time one of our competitors got a round of funding, we'd celebrate because. Um, we knew that it was going to take them three to six months to get a whole bunch of new team members up to speed. Um, they were going to probably install an expensive software that's going to take a long time for them to to um, to get up to speed at. And it was it was that abundance. And right now in business and in the world, there is an abundance of information. There's an abundance of tools. There's a bun- there's an abundance of advice. Um, and I still think action is the best way forward. You know, during that time, um, since we were bootstrapped, it what you know, we were working off of the money that that we were earning from the from actual revenue, and we never talked to VCs. We never went up to the valley. We were here in San Diego, um, but we we removed things. So people were like, can you connect to Mailchimp or can you connect to Salesforce or can you know? And they wanted all these different partnerships, and it was. Um, no, we're just going to make this product as dead simple as possible and then invest our money into the people, um, and into our customer service. So we had a a five minute, um, reply time on all incoming tickets and it was dead laser focus on that. There were certain, you know, itches we had to scratch on the biz dev side, but we never had a marketing team or a sales team. And that's not the, that's not the usual for, for most businesses, um, but I think constraints and and saying no is a is a big piece of of this, right? And it's still as flashy and cool and 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 wonderful as some of the software and these tools are. I love the the simplest products out there. I love the stories of the you know the browser extension that's worth billions, right? Like Grammarly or you know I I think that's wonderful because you know not like I've spent the last 20 years in, in San Diego technology space, but I grew up, you know, blue collar suburbs of, of Boston, never knew um, about technology or software, what these guys could do. And so my application isn't this bleeding edge, um, you know, how to stay as high tech as possible. It's how do we take this and help people, you know, some of my favorite things are my, are my, uh, my personal little automations and things that I do around the house. I think the the simpler, the better, but I think uh, to go back to your, the long winded way around that is, is constraints and saying no to certain things and trying to stay laser focused on, you know, it might only be one or two KPIs and it might be boring, but 
just keep hitting that. And that and GoFundMe, that's what we did. It was, you know, how do we get more? How do we make it easier for people to sign up? And then if people are going through some of the most emotional things in their life, there should be a human being there and they should be there very quickly and they should be useful and they should get them on their way as fast as possible. And so those were the two things that, that we really approached there. And those were our constraints. Okay. Do we need, you know, what, what else do we need? And instead of adding and adding, we consistently tried to remove things to get out of our way to make those two pieces easier. And that's an absolutely important uh, point that every business person, entrepreneur, founder, or whoever is listening, they should map out everything that they're doing and ask, do we need to do this? Is this adding value and eliminate anything that doesn't? Because really, no, saying no to the wrong things or, uh, you know, I remember Peter Drucker, he has a quote that, there is no bigger waste, something like that. There is no bigger waste than doing efficiently things that should not be done at all. So having clarity on which processes lead to the outcomes that the business is looking for and eliminating anything else. Like there are many jobs that are, or I remember there is a book, you know, it's about all kinds of jobs that are BS jobs, as he calls it, where those jobs are useless but they just there either because other people have done them before and therefore the company feels bigger when they include them or uh, they just make them look cool or anything like that but they don't add any value and really in this world trimming the fat automating what needs to be automated doing things well and focusing on your core competency is the whole difference maker well Greg, this was a pleasure and very enriching conversation. If people want to learn more about what you do, can you share about that? Where can they connect with you? And I'll make sure to write your Twitter in the description as well. Sure, you can just go to gregcsmith.me. Um, and that's a personal slash professional website. And it has all my social links on there and um, and writing and podcasts and stuff like that. So this was great. I, I really enjoyed the conversation, Aziz. Thank you. And I cannot end without sharing Processio, which is what makes this whole podcast possible. Processio is the modern low-code, no-code platform for advanced automation and creating an enterprise-grade backend for your software. You can even automate on-premise if, if need may be. You can get any listener free access to an account at Processio that gives you one full hour of uh, running time, which is equivalent to, of execution time, which is equivalent to 100 human hours. And if you need more, you can get a very generous 50% discount by using better 50 off, capital letters, one word. You can see it also written in the description. Thank you so much. It was my privilege, my honor, and I'm looking forward to even more conversations with you. And I wish you a great day there in Encinitas. Thank you. You too. Thanks, Aziz.